If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, November 15th on the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Organoni, and I am joined by Matthew Betts and Jason Moore. What's up, boys? Got a, a big trade week. Coming up here for Dynasty Leagues, making a push to the playoffs. Are you fellas playoff bound in your leagues? Oh, playoff bound. I'm bi week bound, brother. Whoa, uh, yes. No, we are yeah, I'm uh I'm on the way. Although my my in our main dynasty league, uh I was eight and one, just dominant team, and I I had a bunch of bye weeks. I had a lot of guys on bye. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, that stack. I had um, just a handful of players that I had to swap in, but it was okay because I was playing the hapless 1-8 and eight team. Just <laughs> You know, every dynasty league has the team that is in the process of rebuilding down to the nubs where you're playing nobodies, and so that was my matchup, so it was fine, but I lost. I lost this week. <laughs> my super team got trounced by the worst team in the league. So that's fun. But no, uh, D- Dynasty Leagues are going good. Uh, quick debate time. Because we are doing a Dynasty show, and we're talking about trade for and trade away targets today. What is your guys' opinion on whether or not Dynasty Leagues should have a trade deadline? Should be late, early, no trade deadline? You could trade all the way through the playoffs and the offseason every every second where where do you guys stand on that cuz i've seen some hot debates on that topic yeah i'll i'll just say that the overarching idea that i think people try to say in fantasy is oh well there's a trade deadline in the nfl we need to do it you could do whatever you want okay so that, so let me just say do whatever you want with your league it can work i do like the leagues that i'm in that have a strict deadline which is the end of this week and then i have one that has a week later so i personally think it's worked out really well. It's created this buying window, this frenzy. 
And so personally, in my opinion, I like the way that we have it set up that it's this week or next week, depending on your league. Yeah, I also am in favor of having them. I have in, uh, a couple of leagues that I play in. I have both situations where there's no deadline at all. There's one where it's this week, just like the redraft calendar kind of is for most leagues. And then there's one where it's the week before playoffs. So you extend the window a little bit. But I think the deadline, whenever it is for your league, is good for the league because it incentivizes teams to get a deal done by a certain date. Whereas like you can him and haul back and forth for a couple of weeks and then you both get busy or you both move on and like doesn't get done. That's not fun in Dynasty and not fun for your league. So when you have that deadline, it also kind of helps you plan ahead, obviously, for the playoffs or you know, you can really take advantage if you are a rebuilding team uh, to get some of these vets off your roster where literally in six, seven weeks, like their value will change a ton, usually in a negative way. So like those guys you can capitalize on. So I like having a deadline. I think it helps create more league activity. Yeah, I so I'm, I'm curious. You say you play in a couple leagues that have no deadline, right? Like you could trade at any time. I have never played in one of those leagues, but I imagine like I can't. I can't fathom a situation where you're in a championship game. Like I'm, I made it to the title and now I'm going to go try to buy everything I can this week, you know, trade for matchups and go all out to win a title or my opponent doing that, or just the ability to do that. It seems wildly irresponsible for a league, but I guess my question to you is, does that happen then? Like, well, when when you get to championship week in those leagues without a trade deadline, are those two teams like going hard in the paint after trades to win that week? Not really. Not as much as you would expect, um, because you know there's still some players that teams are going to say, "Look, like I know what you what you're trying to do. Give me that extra, you know, second on top of what you're trying to do, or just try to get a little extra piece in the trade." So it doesn't actually get done quite as much as you would think. The area that I think I I don't like this situation playing out is like, you know, you go on a two or three week run in the playoffs, whatever it is for your league and you get to the championship week and you lose a starter, you lose a stud. Like that's part of the game that happens. Right. But like in this situation where there is no deadline, you can just say, look, I have a week to figure it out and I'm going to go trade for someone to get in my lineup for this week. And that feels like an unfair advantage. Although if it's the same for everyone in your league, I guess anyone could do it, but injuries are part of the game, suspensions, whatever, like that's kind of the lay of the land. So, um, I don't like it for that reason, but no, there's not as much as you would think like the week of the championship. The The idea of just there's chaos, and, and we talk about it all the time, that there are nasty boys that emerge during the fantasy playoffs. That's part of what I love about Dynasty is that you, you do have to pivot. So I, I like having a trade deadline. And let's be honest, like the trade deadline then opens up very quickly right after that in Dynasty Leagues where you can trade all the time and your picks only get more valuable as we turn the calendar and go to 2024 you get to february march april like those picks only increase so i feel like people aren't really missing out that much because dynasty season always lasts so i i don't know i does that feel like i'm a fun sucker there no not at all feels like you're a smart intelligent man i you know what i will i will take that i will take i that said i said feels like feels like you're a smart intelligent man i did not i did not say you are how dare you? To be very clear that's on what, this. I mean, that's, it, <laughs> it's a giant facade that I know anything about anything. I mean, fantasy football, all of us, but spreadsheets, all that stuff. Like, I, I'm doing really good, you know, faking people out over these years, thinking that I'm semi-smart. Mm -hmm. So um, we are glad you're with us. This episode, as we mentioned, is a trade-a-palooza. We'll be talking about trade four, trade away, and even some questions from Discord and from the Foot Clan that we will discuss. 
if you want to get all of our tools, so some of the things that we'll be bringing up on this show is strength of schedule, looking ahead to matchups. You can get that at jointhefoot.com if you want to be a member of the Foot Clan. Interact with us all the time. I was getting some questions from our Dynasty Trade Advice channel, which is maybe the most popular channel right now. And Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, the largest Discord for fantasy football on the planet? I bel- We are definitely the largest, most active one. Um, I think there's a total count. Uh, we're, we're, we're closing the gap right now. We're either the biggest or the second biggest, but we're certainly the most active. Yeah, and these are people that want to talk, want to talk trades, and so you will get your question answered. So go to jointhefoot.com if you want to be a part of that. My quick question for us is maybe a selfish emotional exercise. Maybe it's a little bit of therapy. But which player for you is giving you the biggest roller coaster moment for you in Dynasty? Meaning there are so many ebbs and flows this season that it is driving you bonkers. And Betts, your answer, Jason easily could have answered this, but you were in the dock first. That's 100% what it was. This would have been my answer, but uh, you got the floor, Betts. I mean, this, there's not much to say. Everyone that has had this player feels what I'm going to say about Gabe Davis. And it goes all the way back to last year when you were buying into a player attached to Josh Allen who had a massive opportunity to step forward into the wide receiver two role across from Stefan Diggs. And it just hasn't happened. But at the same time, it sort of has happened, right? Like you see these games where Gabe Davis pops up as like the first read in the offense, the second read at worst, right? There's games where he comes out and he has these eight, nine, 12 target games. And then all of a sudden the next week, it's three targets. It's four targets. It's You just can't even count on him ever in your lineup. You don't know what you're getting. And it's been so frustrating for the better part of a year and a half now at this point. His consistency rating in our database is, as you would guess, an F, meaning you can't rely on this player. For fantastic. In your lineup. <laughs> yeah, you can't rely on this player. But what's so scary about him is when you bench him, and you guys talked about this last week on the main show, is when he goes off. And so it's just this conundrum of this guy that you hope could be something you don't really know what he is, and, and he's kind of this just uh, facade in your lineup because you don't know what he is. I also will mention just from a dynasty standpoint, like I, I don't know what to think of Gabe Davis. He is going to be an undrafted uh, pl- or uh, a free agent, excuse me, not undrafted, a free agent in 2024 coming up. So there's no real this off- attachment. This offseason or he's under Josh- contract in 24? This offseason. He's in his final year of his deal. Wow. So I'm just, I'm, I'm so stuck on Gabe Davis. I've been in, I've been out. I don't know what to do. I don't think I could buy him right now. I mean, I, so I, I'm a Josh Allen manager and it's tempting to go after that stack, but it's also just really tempting to say like, I just, I could get nothing. So um, and when Dalton Kincaid looks like he's the second read in that offense right now. So yeah, Jason, I know he's driving you insane. Hopefully you bench him this next week. <laughs> uh, I do have him benched this next week. I'm very happy to report that finally, for the first time all season in my league of record, I have gotten healthy enough where I can finally put Gabe Davis on my bench. It's it's very exciting for me. Um, my player who's driven me up and down on a roller coaster of questionable thoughts, this hasn't been like as emotional as Gabe Davis driving me insane. This is just me going so far from one side to the other in this single season and then back and forth on the value of this player in Dynasty 
and this season is his entire career so far, it's Zach Charbonnet. Going into the NFL draft, Zach Charbonnet was my running back two ahead of Jameer Gibbs. I know that was uh, spicy in some circles. I just thought the talent, the body, the size, the pass catching, the pile pushing, the goal line opportunities. Big body back. Big body back. Um, If a team were to invest heavily in him and he was projected to go in like the second round if a team were to you know invest heavily in him and create in him a workhorse he would have been unbelievably great for fantasy football that's why I loved him and then he was drafted in the second round with great draft capital by the Seattle Seahawks we know the story and Ken Walker is there and Pete Carroll playing his games with all his running backs and all this. So, you know, that obviously dropped him down quite a bit for me um, after the after the draft. It was like, well, his opportunity isn't going to be there. You know, at best, he's a 50-50 player with Ken Walker. At worst, he's just the backup. We've seen the Seattle Seahawks do this before. You know, they, they, they spent a first-round draft pick on Rashad Penny back in the day, who was a talented, great player. And then they said, hey, Chris Carson, who was already on the team, you're just you're the dude. And this is not injury. Okay, I know we want to say Rashad Penny's career was completely and utterly derailed by injury. Sure, there's truth to that. But his rookie season, it wasn't injury. It wasn't that he was injured. His rookie season, he just flat out was the backup to Chris Carson, despite the first round draft capital. And I believe that had those two players both stayed healthy and active for the Seahawks, it just that was what they wanted. They, regardless of spending the first round pick, they liked Chris Carson. They liked what he presented their team, and they spent high draft capital on the backup running back. And so now, as the season has gone and unfolded, I think about four or five weeks into the season, when it was the Ken Walker show. And he was dominating, and Charbonnet was, you know, clearly and utterly the backup. It was like, well, I, I genuinely thought Charbonnet's career's over. Like for for fantasy purposes, for fantasy purposes, he's never gonna, you know, he's an insurance back. Where if Ken Walker gets injured, now all of a sudden you've got a fantasy asset. But until that happens, you do not get fantasy production out of this player, no matter how good he is and how much draft capital there was. So I, you know, in week four or five, I was like. Man, do you just trade him for anything you can get? Trade on the hope and the high of the the draft capital and the rookie pick that was spent on him. Um, now we've seen him over the last couple of weeks. Once he got back from his injury, he's playing the majority of snaps. He's playing almost all of the third down role. Which Kyle, I know you're a huge uh, advocate of this. The third down role in the NFL is not very important. It's really not. Uh, case in point. Zach Charbonnet has played all the third down role, and it's it's resulted in in diddly squat. Um, the early down snap percentages still go to Kenneth Walker, first and second down. That's really where fantasy points are scored far more than third down. Yes, a reception is worth more, but players get receptions on first and second down too. It's not just third down. A lot of times, third down is the the third and one. It's a it's a goal line type of play. So. Um, I don't know what to do with Zach Charbonnet. I don't even know my belief going forward on the fantasy value. Will he be relevant without an injury to Ken Walker right now? If I had to like put my, uh, put a dollar bet on it, 
I would say no. I don't think he's ever going to be relevant unless Kenneth Walker gets injured. Um, and that sucks for a guy that I genuinely think is extremely talented and should – like, should Ken Walker get injured, Charbonnet is going to be a top 10 back. Yes. I'm, I, I'm so confident of that. Yeah, I, I thought a couple of weeks ago that he was a great buy-low candidate to be able to say, hey, you know what, there's cause – because he, he's – like you said, he's more than just give me 10 touches. Like, he has the upside of being a top five running back if Walker's out of the way, but I just didn't know what I was going to get. And I didn't want to give it up because he's still seen as, you know, he was a first-round rookie pick this past year, you know, borderline. And I think that's still what you kind of have to give up. Like, the manager that took him is willing to probably hold him. So, would you rather have Zach Charbonnet or a late first in 2024? I think I'd rather have the first. I think so, too. And so, I'm, I'm probably just holding because if you're that manager that's contending, let's say, you know... You end up being the you know tenth or eleventh pick or whatever. You're trading that pick in hopes that this guy helps you for this year, and there's zero guarantees apart from an injury that's going to happen. So yeah, I totally agree. Over the last three weeks, this is crazy. Charbonnet has took all but one third down snap for the team, and like Jason mentioned, there's no fantasy points that have mattered at all from him. So keep that in mind. It's it's a player that we still believe in talent wise, and he's been efficient when he's gotten some touches. But if Walker's going to get all the first and second down, that's all that matters. I I am going crazy with this player. And I blasted in our Slack channel, and I need some help. Because Lamar Jackson might be the most frustrating player to have at quarterback because you could get 50 points. You could also get 11 points, which is crazy that in any given week, this team could put up 30-plus points, which is what they've done. And you have no idea if it's just going to be three rushing touchdowns and you're done. So remember last year he started off on fire. Mm-hmm. Like he had a couple of quarterback ones. Since then, since week four of last year, guys, he scored 20 plus fantasy points in back to back games just twice. Like you're not getting back to back good performances at all. And in a with a quarterback that's expensive in Dynasty in a super flex league, like 20 points is just a given. Like you need to get 20 points from you know all these players that you're seeing as a QB1. And I looked at, like, what's different this year? Lamar's completing 70% of his passes. That's the height of his career. But the lowest ADOT of his career. Like, that's what's driving us crazy about Zay Flowers, too, right? Just these little dink and dunks. They don't matter. We brought this point up. I remember Jason bringing it up, too. Like, there was a news story saying Lamar wouldn't run as much this year. But based on the offense, they're going to scramble way more. And scrambles are way more valuable. And he's scrambling at the highest rate of his career. It's awesome but they're not giving him design runs. So it's this weird thing where he's completing more passes, but they're short. He's scrambling more, but not overall running more. And then you get these weird outcomes. So it's talk- all just one thing, man. It's one thing and it one sucks. thing alone. It's touchdowns. That's it. Cause w- Lamar has played very good all year. He's got a consistency rating over the last 17 games of a D he has yes, been bad for fantasy as far as helping you win on a consistent basis. All those games, I mean, there might be one or two poorly played games in there, but those 17 games, he's been good. The team has been good. The team is scoring enough and doing well enough in the vast majority of them. It's just a matter of where do the touchdowns come from, and right now they're so good at rushing touchdowns in. It used to be the rushing touchdowns were Lamar. Now it's just it's 
Gus Bus. It's it's uh, Keaton, Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell. It's I mean Justice Hill has had uh, multiple. He's had a game with multiple rushing touchdowns. Like they are just really frustrating for fantasy. And so, what do you do with a guy where you go, well, I know he's good. I know Lamar's good. It's not a Lamar problem, but but he isn't scoring consistent fantasy. And and I believe the answer is you should trade super high on him. He's still Lamar Jackson. He's still literally the odds-on favorite for MVP this year, or at least he was before this last week. I don't know if that changed with their loss. But um, you can get a lot for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a name that has extreme recognition in fantasy circles. And if you haven't had Lamar, you don't realize the experience and the letdown. And you're, uh, you're still riding high on that. What was that, like 2018? When, when was his? 2019. 2019? 2019, yeah. That's a long time ago, man. Uh, so let me ask this question, Betts. You can, because Lamar's been one of my favorite players this year. We were in Lamar in a lot of different formats, especially best ball. But like, I hate the ebbs and flows so much. I like I it I hate that I'm watching this game and I'm pointing it out to my wife and I'm saying, see this player right here? He could literally break the game or he's gonna throw an interception. And of course he did. Like or fumble. Like that's just <laughs> Lamar. So would you rather have Lamar in a super flex or in a dynasty league or Justin Herbert plus a little something more? Oh, that's interesting. It probably depends on what the plus is. But I mean I'm I'm biased. I'm a huge Justin Herbert guy. So I think I would take the Justin Herbert side if it's something somewhat meaningful on the plus side. It just feels like a smoother ride. I, I, and I'm not saying that's the right answer. I'm just saying emotionally. I, I'm showing you guys the fantasy points. I, I have a chart right here. That is a literal roller coaster right there over the last two years. So it's... Yeah, uh, his, his touchdown rate is is wild. You mentioned that historic season when he had a 9% touchdown rate. He's been like, you know, 6.9, 4.2, 5.2. I do think we're going to see some regression back to his average over the next several games. He's currently at 3.6. That's going to be, right now, it's supposed to be the lowest of his career, not including his rookie season when he didn't play a full year. So if that swings back, I think you'll feel a little better about Lamar. But like you said, Jason, they're just so good at running the football that I'm not sure. And this week on Thursday, they get a matchup against a Bengals team that can't stop anyone against the run. So... I don't know. I get it. I get the frustration. Um, but there are some signs that say maybe it won't be this way, you know, for the rest of the season or, or obviously moving forward. My blood pressure is up. I can, I can tell like <laughs> since having this conversation and talking him out, uh, but I'll figure it out. Well, well, what would you do Kyle before I move on? Right, would you take the Herbert plus side? I, I that, Lamar? That's what I want to do because I just want to rid myself of feeling this every single week. Like at least like you can look at certain players. If Sam Howell busts, you're like, I expect Sam Howell to bust. But with Lamar, you're just expecting greatness. And you don't get it as much as you want. So it's it's unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll jump into some trades. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. All right, we're going to jump into some trades. We'll highlight a couple of different players that fit the trade four and the trade away, so let's do it. Let's talk trades. So I called this a trade of Palooza, and I actually don't really know what a Palooza is. Do you guys know? I'm on it. It, it feels like <laughs> a term it. that we're supposed to know or like we, we say when something's big or an extravaganza, but I don't know. Well, Palooza is a portion of the word Lollapalooza, which is a late 19th century term defined as an extraordinary or unusual thing, person, or event, an exceptional example or instance. Okay. There you go. That's that's a fun word to be able to say. I, I'm extending this idea of, of a trade show, and we're making it a palooza. An extraordinary event. This is pretty extraordinary. So these are trade four candidates. We're going to give each give three. Last year, I want to give you some examples. If you traded for James Conner, like I did, okay? I'm just throwing this out there. Trade for James Conner. He was the RB6 from this point forward. It was one of the best trades I've ever made in my life. Devin Duvernay in a second for a hurt James wow. Conner. Wow. That is a pretty darn good trade. And then George Kittle. If you traded for Kittle, which I get, it's the up and down as well. He, he's definitely the roller coaster player. With Brock Purdy down the stretch. I didn't trade for him, but I had a friend that said he won me my championship. Because you got those monster games with uh, with Purdy, so these obviously will all hit. These will be the exact players that people need in dynasty bets. Start us off. Yeah, I am going to I'm going to cheat here and just say there's two options because you can't create, trade for Jackson Smith and Jigba because he's so valuable in dynasty, but you can trade for Tyler Lockett and or DK Metcalf. And really, I just want to buy into the Seattle passing game. We finally saw Geno get back on track. Last week, and yes, it was against Washington as everyone gets there. But the Seattle wide receivers have the second easiest schedule adjusted, uh, you know, fantasy points against schedule moving forward and the easiest on our site looking at just the playoff weeks. They get San Francisco, Philly, and Tennessee in weeks 15, 16, 17. And a lot of these teams that they're going to be playing, I think we're going to see decent game environments with higher totals, lots of passing. They take on the Rams, the Niners twice. Dallas, like I said, the Eagles and the Titans who you have to throw on. So on paper, it looks like Seattle is going to be throwing the ball more moving forward. They're already ninth in pass rate over expectation. But the reason it has been so frustrating for guys like Metcalf specifically, and to some extent, 
Tyler Lockett is because Geno Smith's touchdown rate is down compared to what it was last year. Going back to his uh, Jets days, which I kind of laughed reminding myself of like Geno Smith's career, but going back to his Jets days, he was a 4.1% touchdown rate type of guy. Last season in Seattle, 5.2. This year, he's all the way down at 3.7. So if we get the passing volume to stay the same or perhaps with these game environments increase and the touchdown rate comes up a little bit, you should see more production from the wide receivers as a whole. And the nice thing about it is you know where the ball is going with the Seattle passing attack, right? They are uh, fourth in the NFL. Seattle is in target rate to the wide receiver position. So they're behind the Rams, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and then it's Seattle. So the, the ball is going to these guys. I think you can get Lockett for a pretty reasonable cheap price. People know he's older. People know JSN's there. And Metcalf is a guy that really he's like the poster boy for underperforming in fantasy at wide receiver. He is the wide receiver 17 in expected fantasy points this year. He's the wide receiver 37 overall currently. He just needs touchdowns. And I think they're coming in the back half of the year. So what are your guys' thoughts on the Seattle passing game? I, I really, really like this call for two kind of opposite reasons. Um, if you're trading for Lockett, you need to be trading cheap because he's an old man where people are trying to get something in, something for him, especially if he's on a team that's not headed towards the championship. Like, go kick the tires because I think this year he'll be great. I'll bet he's fine next year too. Um Metcalf, Metcalf is a long-term, very good dynasty option. Metcalf, I believe the reason he's underperforming right now this year is simply that he's injured. He doesn't look the same to me. First of all, he looks too big. I was, I was talking about this in the studio. Like, I don't know what's going on, but he looks so big and lumbering for what he usually looks like. Um, and obviously, I mean, he missed a game with injury. He's been on the injury report every single week. I don't think he's at full strength and he is a young stud who we know is a great dominant wide receiver in the NFL. So if he is struggling right now, yeah, that's the time to take advantage of, um, you know, of, of the player. You can make the argument, oh, JSN's in town and, um, you know, he's the future and Metcalf is underperforming, you know. It seemed like a year ago, even being able to trade for DK Metcalf in Dynasty would have been too difficult, cost way too much to be able to acquire. So uh, I, I, I like both those calls. I am putting in an offer right now in a Dynasty League involving DK Metcalf and another player that I will be talking about in a second. So Is this, yeah. uh, is this a league I'm in with you, Kyle? Uh, sometimes I accept that you're in the league. Some days I don't. So, but I'm um, saying, are you are you talking about Dino Junior right now? You I'm, bet I am. All right, okay. You're up, I'm Jason. Go. No, I need no, to go no, trade for DK to, Metcalf real quick. Mm. You, you need to uh, bring up your player. All right, I'll bring up my player. Uh, my player is Lions running back. No, not Jameer Gibbs. It's Lions running back David Montgomery. That's the player I think dynasty managers should be trading for. Dynasty running backs are hard to come by. They expire so quickly. They don't get second contracts so regularly. Um, it's very, very difficult to think I've got multiple years from this running back unless they're a rookie. If they're on their rookie contract, like Jameer Gibbs, you draft them, and uh, you, you've got Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, who uh, you know are, are very, very young players who you think, okay, I've got a good dynasty asset. I, I drafted Brees Hall last year. 
outside of the super young guys, everybody seems like a worthless expiring asset. And right now with Montgomery, I realize he had a big run this last week, but it's Jameer Gibbs season. The fire has been stoked for Jameer Gibbs. Everyone's excited about it. They're waiting for the takeover. And I don't think people are really excited in dynasty the way they should be for David Montgomery. David Montgomery is an older back, but he just signed a brand new contract. He is 100% under contract this year, 100% under contract next year where they're, they're not going to be able to get out of it. Technically, they could get out of it before that third year, but the contract, when when you look at it, it doesn't save them that much money to get out of it. It's, it's a pretty good team-friendly deal at that point three years from now, and he's not going to be as old as you think that entire time. This is a team that is great at running the ball, wants to establish it, has a great offensive line, a high-scoring offense. I, I think you've got three solid years of a really important fantasy asset in David Montgomery, and people aren't valuing him that way because of Jameer Gibbs. They can both be really good. They can both be super good for fantasy, but only one is an extremely high-value target, and the other is kind of like, yeah, but he's David Montgomery. So to me, I was able to trade for him in a in a keeper league this year. Um, I, I I did that because I believe what I'm saying, and I would kick the tires on what what is the price in your dynasty leagues. I I think that it would cost you just because of what he's done this year a first plus a so, first plus a young piece. Okay, so uh, we actually I, I forgot uh, in a champ 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 league. Uh, I mean, that's a couple years from now. Right now, we're champ, 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 three-time champion. We just, Mike and I tried to trade for David Montgomery, and we were very, very, very close to a deal. In fact, had that team not won, had they lost, we basically had a deal together. And it was our first-round pick, plus uh, it was a younger wide receiver who I don't think will develop into anything, but could. Like, it's, it's uh, what what he said is he wanted a first plus hope. And so that was kind of the deal we came up with, but now it looks like his team is headed towards the playoffs. I don't think he wants to move on, but yeah, that's about what it costs. And if you're a good team, which we we're, we've got a good roster, we were happy to send our first round pick next year plus a little bit more for David Montgomery. Yeah. Love it. I think that's I mean it makes sense. He fits his team's identity. They can both coexist. We saw that what last week where both players were awesome for fantasy. It can work. Um I will throw out a running back that is not nearly as expensive as the other two players, and you might only look at him as a one-year rental, but I think there could be a little bit more. It's Jerome Ford, running back of the Cleveland Browns. It's his second year in the league. He was a fifth-round draft pick. The last two weeks since he's returned, you know, he was kind of banged up, but he last two weeks, 64% of the snaps, and he's seen 33% of the team's targets and rush attempts. On our website, we call that our workhorse percentage. Anything above 30 is insane. So he's like the main guy. I know Cream Hut is getting some touches, but Jerome Ford has been a much better runner this year than people give him credit. And the rest of the season, Cleveland has one of the best schedules coming up. They're running the ball at the third highest rush rate. And I don't think it'll cost you that much on the stretch run to get a player like Jerome Ford, which I think he's a solid RB2 rest of season. He's going to give you some weeks where he's top 15, top 12. I think he's he's great. I think it'll cost you, I don't know, a late second. 
yeah, I don't think it'll cost much. It depends on whether or not the team that has him is whether they need him or not. Right. But I, I like the idea of taking on Jerome Ford and the the fact that the second surgery is coming up for Chubb. Um, you know, there was some positive news right after the, you know, originally the Chubb injury was like horrific, like oh my gosh. This is look away. And then it was like, oh, it's it's pretty positive. It's not multi-ligament. So then everything went away. But then it was like, no, no, no. It was, they, they got in there and they were like, yeah, this is messed up. This knee's messed up. We're going to have to do another one. So there's no guarantee that, that Chubb comes back to his former self so ever. Yeah. Yeah, that is unfortunate uh, as far as the Chubb thing goes. The other thing working in Drone Ford's favor, if you're thinking about not just this year, but like, could I get a guy – that potentially is an RB2 next year, is that when you look at their roster, currently at the um, the players that are signed, they've got Nick Chubb for one more year, but of course we already talked about the injury. Then it is uh, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong, and that's it. So if they continue to not have uh, the money to spend up on a running back, which thanks to Deshaun Watson they don't, and or can't afford to spend high-ish draft capital on a guy, you could see a scenario where maybe Chubb comes back as like a you know, a couple touches a game sort of guy, but like Jerome Ford is the lead back. That's in the range of outcomes for sure. So I like that as a guy that right now people are like, he's fine. Like he doesn't scream upside. He's not this, you know, sexy name, but like he could be an RB2 for you next year as well. So you're kind of getting a double dip here, which I really like. Do you feel like you could trade a young wide receiver that's kind of tantalizing that could not pan out like a Marvin Mims, which hasn't done a ton, but I think most people are excited of what he could be in the potential would you trade Marvin Mims for a Jerome Ford? I would not. I don't think I would. I would I would still hold out for Marvin Mims, play the long game. Okay. Well, I'm trying to find the wide receiver to mix in that's like, okay, they've done enough. Like I tried with Khalil Shakir. That wasn't enough. There's somewhere between those two that I that I think could work. So um he's just the name Jameson that Williams. I Williams. <laughs> imagine we having about him G- last week. Imagine having him on your roster though. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> Could be me. I just got an offer from somebody that like had this package and they said, Hey, what if I put Jameson Williams in? I go, no, take him out. I will feel way better. Uh, like, no, that makes it worse. It, it <laughs> 20 times worse. All right, let's go through some trade away candidates. This is tough because we're not saying this player is going to stink. We're not saying this player is worthless or will have no value. Part of this is like the guessing game of, are you getting out at the right time? So I look back at last year, DeAndre Hopkins was still a Cardinal and he was still really good. His target share was really good. But if you could squeeze out some elite value before, then you are probably doing great because the sun is kind of set on DeAndre Hopkins and his dynasty value. Damian Pierce, we've talked about him last couple of weeks. If you could, could have sold then and said, Hey, I don't think he's the guy or Dalvin cook was a player last year that if you sold, you felt great. I am left holding the bag in a league because I needed him at the time, and now it's just sitting on my roster. So it's it's like it's trading crazy. away. It's crazy how quick those things can those things those running backs can just disappear. Dalvin Cook was great last year. He was really good for fantasy. So important, huge breakaway runs. Paid a lot of money even this year. Poof, gone, vanished. He's like you just drop him. I mean, don't really, but like you could. Do you guys know what Dalvin Cook finished in half-point leagues last year? 
it's got to be top 10 at least. He was, was the RB10. Okay. RB10. Wow. Did it feel like that though? Uh no, I mean I I think there was a lot of uh disappointment with Dalvin Cook, but he had he had some big plays last year. Uh, I mean, last year how many games did he play? Did he play he, the whole season? He technically played the whole season, but it was a rough ride. Yeah. Anyway, those are just examples of players that can just evaporate. So you want to be on the right side. So part of this is a guessing game. Bets, hit us with one first. Yeah, this one is kind of wild because when you look back to the start of the season where he was as far as the training camp hype and the week one performance, you thought, oh my gosh, like Calvin Ridley is is still Calvin Ridley. Uh, but it turns out he's not Calvin Ridley any longer. And there's some concerning underlying metrics that say, He's not the same player he used to be, which no one was expecting that, but I think we were at least hoping he'd be a wide receiver too, at worst a a flex play every week. He's almost 29 years old. He's about to be a free agent. And now, right now among the pass catchers, he's third in targets per game, and that's been without Zay Jones in the lineup. And I know that right now there's some legal stuff going on with Zay Jones, but if Zay Jones comes back from that and or injury, it adds another piece to this offense that you're concerned about the target volume for Calvin Ridley. And when you look at the efficiency stuff, his yards per out run is not great. He's about middle of the pack among wide receivers that are qualified. He's only being targeted on 19% of his routes. He's not getting open, according to ESPN's uh, open score, which is kind of this player tracking metric. But like when you think about Calvin Ridley, that was his thing, was he was an elite route runner who could get open and create separation. He is not doing that anymore, and now he is at the tail end of his career. So I think it's okay to be out and get out before it's too late. And I feel like when we look at this offseason, a lot of the talk around Calvin Ridley is going to be what happens over the next four, five, six weeks here to close out the year and then where he goes in free agency and whether or not he goes back to Jacksonville. But I just think the metrics are kind of telling us he's not the player he was and he may never be anything close to it again. And so I'm willing to get out even if I take a cheaper you know, trade to get out from underneath Calvin Ridley before it's too late. The the question was one of the questions that we got was so if I were to sell him or should I wait? You're saying I should sell him right now and get whatever I can, like a like an early second. I would hundred percent try to get an early second. I actually put that out uh on Twitter today to see what, what the you know sentiment was among people. Uh about ten percent of folks said a late first, about thirty percent said early second, and about sixty percent of people said a mid second. So early to mid-second seems like the market for right now for Calvin Ridley. I think that's totally fair. Jason, do you feel about the same? Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's a great name to to trade away. Um, sometimes when players haven't played in a while or they didn't have much run, they can feel younger than they are. Calvin Ridley's not a, not a super young man. Uh, we don't know what his contract situation is going forward. This could be a complete nothing the rest of his NFL career for fantasy. So getting something for him, especially if it's a rookie pick. If you can get a rookie pick, a second rounder, then you've got hope for the future. I don't think there is much of that, if any, with Calvin Ridley. And you don't want to go back and listen to our episode after week one where he I remember like he was the big conversation piece that we talked about, like his range of outcomes. And at the time... It felt like, okay, well, we need to see this a little bit longer, but it felt like, okay, wow, you have a locked in, you know, receiver right now for your team that you didn't expect to be top fifteen rest of the season. That's clearly not the case. 
And one of the things, Betts, you brought up is these, these advanced metrics that I've seen people post is that he's just getting bullied. Like, he's not a big receiver. He's not very thick. He's kind of wiry. And he's just been getting bullied at the line of scrimmage where, you know, if you're one of those smaller receivers, you can't just get open if people are pressing you. So it's just, a, it's a different system. It's a different team. It's a different role. And Christian Kirk seems to be the one. Let's take one more break and then we'll be right back. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. All right, we're back, and Jason's going to hit us with maybe the player people are most mad at in fantasy right now? Yeah, I, I would say in in, uh, in some circles, yeah, you're, you've got to be disappointed with the performance of Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is someone that has majorly, majorly disappointed for fantasy. However, if you have not been the Tony Pollard manager, I don't think you realize how bad it's been. You really, really don't. Because he got off to a hot start at the beginning of the year, the Cowboys are good. Tony Pollard seems like a young, explosive running back that, you know, we've been waiting for the opportunity to come. He still carries a lot of value to people who have not had Tony Pollard. This is not, you know, a lot of times when someone is performing the way he's performing right now, it's hard to trade him. You just can't. But I'm telling you, in your leagues, Tony Pollard's name is a valued, desired wanted, young, athletic, stud running back. But I don't know that that's him, yo. I think this is – let me ask you guys a question because Tony Pollard is now getting his opportunity, and he feels like this real young, exciting back. Would it surprise you to know that Tony Pollard is older than David Montgomery? Yes. He's been around for a while. Yeah, right. I mean, this there's a reason he's on a franchise tag. It's because he was out of contract. This is this you know, this is his fifth season. The, the, it feels to some like, oh, he he this is second or third year because, you know, he was behind Zeke and explosively just wanted the opportunity, but that's that's not the situation. He doesn't have a contract for next year. We don't know who what team he's playing for. If he keeps playing like this this year, is he going to get a good opportunity for another team next year? No. That's where it's like, I think in a lot of leagues, you could trade Tony Pollard straight up for David Montgomery easily. I think plenty of leagues would, would take that. David Montgomery is literally younger, has a better team, is successful for fantasy, has a contract for the next two years. So, like, when I look at these two players comparatively, 
they shouldn't be valued near the same, but I think they're valued. I think Tony Pollard has more value to some people in a lot of leagues than David Montgomery does uh, because of the excitement that has not come to fruition. And there are, I mean, look, when you trade away Tony Pollard, you could say they're playing Carolina Panthers this week. That is a great matchup. They're playing the Washington Manders the next week. That's another really good matchup. The Seattle Seahawks, another good matchup. Like, you could feel really bad if Pollard comes out and has three good games after you trade him. That that is, But that's also what can help you get a lot for him to a team that needs a running back. But at the end of the year, I don't know that he gets a good contract anywhere. He's going to be a 27-year-old running back that even if he has a good three weeks with a good matchup – he he disappointed uh his current NFL franchise so i i believe now's the time that you want to capitalize and get something for for Pollard i i agree like before the season he was seen as a top 10 dynasty running back so in startup drafts people were excited to take him second third whatever round that you're but it's it's gone efficiency is not there right now and you know as part of it you can say it's unlucky but jason mentioned when you're at this age Turning 27 next year, you'll turn 27 April 30th. The list of contracts of running backs at this age, like the guaranteed money has not been there, you know, for years. And then on top of that, it hasn't worked out. Let me give you some names, guys. Doug Martin, Chris Ivory, Latavius Murray, Dion Lewis, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams. I mean, it's like, these are the guys that are getting contracts, multi-year contracts at this age. And they were done with that year or the year after. So could he work somewhere next year? That's just a giant gamble. And during your discussion, guys, I realized that I had a trade in front of me last week that involved, I I, I totally forgot. It was Tony Pollard and Calvin Ridley were going to come my way. Mm. And I was going to have to give up a first, a second, and Jahan Dotson. And I said no, because I, I needed running well back done. help. But I just said, I, I just don't think the price is right. So I guess I dodged a bullet. I hope I so. so. Yeah. 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 Tony, Tony Pollard's so interesting because like the explosiveness is was his calling card. And I don't know if he's just like, it, it's just what happens when they hit the age cliff and kind of fall off and he's not that old. But like, it's it's not just the fact that Dak's throwing more. He's, he's just efficiency is terrible. So um I'm I'm worried about Tony Pollard moving forward. All right, I've got one more name I want to give for a trade away. And Jason, feel free to rebuke me if you think you know I'm a little over the top, but it is Arizona Cardinals, Marquise Hollywood Brown, that I just so I have him in a league and I'm actively shopping him. So Jason, if you want him, you can have him because you have Kyler. But Kyler's back, and I think the sentiment is sweet. This is the duo, they've known each other since college. Hollywood's going to be locked in, okay? And last week was not great, whatever. But before that, you looked at their splits together and you're like, sweet, Hollywood averaged 10 targets per game with Kyler since he's come to Arizona. That was only eight games, so it's not a huge sample size. But we need to remember this is a different team. It is a different offensive coordinator than last year. It's a different system. They have a different setup. And my biggest argument for Hollywood is I think he's out of place in 2023. I think he's not built for today's NFL, where every single team is running zone coverage at least 60% of the time, and 23 out of 32 teams are running it 70% of the time. 
So really, when I look at splits, a lot of times, if we're grinding the tape, uh, is somebody good against zone? That's all that matters to me. When somebody's really good against man coverage, it actually scares me a little bit because teams rarely run this. And this year, Hollywood and the year before has been very bad against zone coverage. In fact, he is very far behind Trey McBride and Michael Wilson in terms of yards per route run. Targets per out run, he's way behind Trey McBride when it comes to zone. His expected fantasy points, he's way behind. And all of his touchdowns this year have come against man coverage. Now that can work, but I think the type of player you have with Hollywood, teams are now running a bunch of two high safeties where they're saying, hey, you're not going to beat us deep. I think Patrick Mahomes kind of changed that for the league. And so Hollywood scares me because one, he's... A free agent, right? Jason, like he's yep. going to be a free agent. He so is. we assume we assume that he's going to re-sign because Kyler's his boy. That's not a foregone conclusion. But we also don't know, and what is he? Because I've, I've used him in fantasy. The target totals have been there. Their production hasn't. The yardage totals have not. And so I'm looking at a player that I just keep waiting and hoping that I'm going to get top 15, top 20 type numbers. And it's just never been the case. In fact, he's never finished inside the top 20 in his career. So I think he's okay to trade away. Yeah, I. so the reason you're like saying rebuke me is because, you know, I believe in Hollywood's talent. I also believe that he's going to be fantastic rest of this season for the Cardinals with Kyler in this new system with the new head coach. I mean, you you know, you, you talk about, okay, well, it's, uh, you know, we haven't seen Kyler uh, with Hollywood in this system with this coach, but we have seen Hollywood in this system with this coach without Kyler. And prior to Kyler, you've got games with targets of 10, 10, 10, 11, 9, 8. Like he's had a primary role in this offense. They just haven't been coming from Kyler. And yeah, the first game with Kyler, only four targets. But like you said, in the eight games with Kyler prior to that, an average of 10 targets. So I, they're coming. He's the clear most talented receiver on the, the roster. So I'm not worried about that. I think rest of season, Hollywood is very good. So I'm fine trading for Hollywood, but you do have to have an expectation of it could go poorly for him this offseason. I, I do, we're in Arizona. I do not think it is a foregone conclusion that Hollywood will re-sign with the Cardinals at all. So, for instance, I, I was looking up wide receiver free agents this coming year. Mike Evans will be one. I think he'll re-sign with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Michael Pittman will be one. I definitely think he will be re-signed by the Colts. And then it's a bunch of jack squat with the exception of two players. There's T. Higgins, who will not re-sign with the Cincinnati Bengals. He'll be a free agent. He'll go get his money. And there's Hollywood Brown, um, who is you know, teams are thirsty for wide receivers. So we don't know where Hollywood's going to go next year, but he's not going to be the one. That is, a team is not going to sign him to a deal to be their number one wide receiver. If he stays in Arizona, there is a really good chance that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to go to the Arizona Cardinals next year, and therefore Hollywood will be the number two. Now, we've seen plenty of number twos be successful for fantasy, uh, you could argue maybe that's a better role for Hollywood, be, being more of the the Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle type. Uh, really valuable for fantasy, but not the number one on their team. 
But the rest of this season, I think Hollywood will be very, very good. I okay. yeah, I was I was gonna say I'm gonna push back a little, Kyle, because I I'm on the side of where Jason stands. Where I see the argument for the off season and and the things that Jason just mentioned, but for this year, I mean, Kyler's gonna continue to get better as he gets more acclimated to the system in real life NFL games, and Hollywood's target share has been awesome this year. He's among the league leaders though in uncatchable target rate. Or I should say, like his his targets haven't been catchable from Josh hey, Dobbs. Bets, bets, so if you see that, bets, can come I interrupt back together, real yes, quick? I would like do. you to stop. Okay, because I think I'm gonna try to trade for Kyler here after the show <laughs> from Kyle. So let's, you know, I mean, those started to sound really oh, nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Hollywood's gonna be terrible. This yeah, year. that's what I was gonna say. All right. I mean, you, I, we I can... guess for the for the listeners, you can keep going with your spiel, but just get well, ear, just ear muffs, the Josh Kyle. Dobbs, the Josh Dobbs play in. Arizona, while very fun, from a passing standpoint, was not great. Now, in Minnesota, he's the man, which has been so fun for fantasy. But his actual quarterback play that he has had this year, speaking of Hollywood, has not been good. And so if Kyler continues to play better and better and better as the year goes on, I just think if that volume is there, you'll see better box score production from from Hollywood. So I'm still in if you need a piece to trade for for this year, but I agree with the offseason concerns. Would you give up a first, Jason? Would I give up a first for Hollywood? Oh, that's really, really tough. I mean, obviously, in the league that we are in, uh, that's the 12th pick. Um, yeah, I would squeeze more out of you. In, see, I don't know if I <laughs> I don't know if I would. For the stack? Well, we got Joe Burrow, so I don't even know that Kyler is our, is our weekly starter for the, the quote-unquote stack. Um, 26 years old. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, that's right around what what the value okay. is. Like a, a late first is probably about what the what what it's going to cost you. You might. I I think when it comes to Hollywood, picks won't do as well as players. Like when when you're when you're trying to like, I don't really want to give up a pick for a wide receiver about to change teams where we don't know where he's going to go. Um. But there might be players that make sense for both rosters or like a second plus a player that, you know, like a, a second and a downgrade at wide receiver going across to Hollywood. You know, you get a pick, a future promise and a, a Hollywood uh, fill in, you know, as a as like a flex level option. That seems to me like how you would try to trade for Hollywood. Yeah. Is there a possibility that if he resigns, he's like the third option on this team next year? Trey McBride, baby. Is that I, what you're saying? Oh, I'm just, like, so I did the deep dive just to say, like, Trey McBride is being targeted on 30% of his routes in, in zone coverage, which, like I said, 70% of the time, that's what you're getting. So there, there's a reason that this team is funneling targets there, and the NFL is funneling targets to these kind of players. They're not funneling them in the most efficient ways to downfield threats. Cause I, I'm telling you, I'm, I, I am a Hollywood Brown manager and you can look at target totals all day, expected fantasy points all day, real fantasy points. It is not pretty right now. Yeah. And, and it could change. But uh, anyway, yeah. Trey McBride, you Man, have Trey Kyle's McBride. In got that his league. hand. I do. So far in the dirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. We, we, Mike and I drafted Trey McBride because we could not trade Travis Kelsey. This is when when uh, McBride was coming out. We couldn't get enough for Kelsey. We were trying to get 
at the time, Kyle Pitts. We were trying to get Mark Andrews, trying to trade like Kelsey plus stuff for them. Couldn't get it. So we were like, we have to find our long-term tight end replacement. All the young tight ends, no one is willing to give them up. And so we took Trey McBride so early. We took him at the 12 spot in the first round in that rookie draft, and we regretted it ever since. And now we're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, baby. Do we have our Kelsey replacement of the future? I'm hopeful. He's super fun. Betts and I basically will play him every single week in DFS from here on out. I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. Just every single week. He's been awesome. All right. Let's hit a couple of listener questions. Mailbag. All right. First question I have here, and we'll answer these pretty quickly on our trade of Palooza, but is this the apex of Sam Howell's dynasty value. This one's from Jay Chillin. What do you guys think? Probably. Um, I, I think it probably is. The, right now, he's the quarterback three on the season. He's top 10 in points per game. The team is saying all of the right things. They're talking about how uh, he's the the future. Um, you know, he's their, their franchise quarterback, and that's all well and good. But the team isn't that great. And if he doesn't win games, he will get replaced the coach, the staff will get replaced. He doesn't have the draft capital to be bad for multiple years. So I th I think that you there are people who might believe that he is the future and they would be able to, you know, uh, pay a little bit more. Sam Howell, to me, is going to get um, this year and next year. He'll play both seasons and he'll be a streaming option both seasons. He's been on a heater right now, like four of the last five weeks, top 10. I don't think that that is going to be very sticky. I see him more as like a 50% of games being a top 12 quarterback, which is, which has a place as an important fantasy asset. Everybody in the world should know how much I love Sam Howell, how much I believe in him. But I also like, I, I think he's a legit quarterback. It could be good long-term, but I know what happens to quarterbacks who to any position that does not have draft capital. They get replaced. They always do. Yeah. It, it, I think if you have him, be thankful if he's your backup or in a super flex league. I would not try to trade for him. The stat we always bring up is almost a third of the league changes over their starting quarterback year to year. So not a guarantee for next year or the year beyond, but just be happy. I've, I think he's one of those players that this might be the apex and you just ride it out. Uh, next one, trade question here. Send... Nico Collins in a late first and second for Amon Ra. Betts, what do you think about that value? I would definitely try to get Amon Ra in this deal. I think Nico Collins has had a very nice year, a nice little breakout here. Um, but anytime you can get a top 10 dynasty wide receiver for an unknown rookie pick and a player who probably will settle in as like a fringe wide receiver two slash three in fantasy for the next couple of years, I'm doing that every day. Yeah, I... Collins was almost a name that I brought up as a trade away and I felt like I couldn't with the way that Stroud's playing, but Collins has had three good games this year. He's had maybe five good games in his entire career. So he's a player that like next year he'll be in a contract year. I don't feel like he's like a must like dynasty cornerstone piece. It's he's fine. Um, but I feel like he's more flex value than a wide receiver too. moving forward. Next one from the real Jeff. What do I do? With Cooper Cup right now. 
You hope Matthew Stafford is healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you do. You and hold you on pray to him. That, you pray that Carson Wentz doesn't have to play football. Yeah, hopefully you're a championship caliber team. And what you do is you hope that he can take you to a championship. I mean, if Stafford is healthy, Cooper Cup could be great the rest of the season, could be a league winner. You're not going to get enough for him trading him away right now with his injuries, with his injury to Matthew Stafford, to, with the performance he's had, with Puka. So you just have to hold and play him. Um, I, I think if you are a rebuilding team and you want to you know get something out of him, then you go look at your best teams in the league and you know you try to get as much as you can for him to give someone a you know championship help. This is a question we've gotten before, but I think it's worth repeating at this time of the year from Nico Nico on Discord. Is there a way trade calculators and trade value charts can be a valuable resource? And I'll throw this in first. Trade value and calculators assume that the value they're assigning a player is correct when we know, you know, if you would have signed a value for Tony Pollard before the year, you would have looked at that and say, oh, well, Tony Pollard is really, you know, X number valuable. And it's it's just assuming a lot that we know a lot when we know over time things changed. I think it's valuable if it's the fourth or fifth thing you're using in a conversation. It's kind of like a, you know, you're checking your work kind of thing. But we personally don't, I, I never see us talk about them or see them in our Slack. I would, I, I, I can't imagine trusting any kind of trade calculator. Just impossible. The way that those things are updated, the lagging values, um, it's the only way that it's valuable is if you can use it to prove to someone else what a good deal they're getting because the values say it's a good deal. I, I would hope that everybody making trades, listening to this show, having fun with Dynasty, that they have their own values on players, that they go, this is what I think of this player. You don't need to trust a, a, a number behind the scenes that someone else is assigning to someone. Um, you know, they, they, I, I've just, I've never been a huge fan of them. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's great, uh, trade calculators out there, but I've just seen, I've seen the wackiest things from those trade calculators. I think they're the worst, <laughs> just they're the worst because you will have people in your league who are, are just, you know, they're only going to make a trade if the calculator says they are getting the right side of the deal, which is so dumb, right? It prevents trading. It prevents um, your league from being active sometimes. So I think they're terrible for dynasty. I do not use them. And I think that people that rely too much on them, you might be missing out on some good deals that come your way if you're just too stuck to what the, the computer says. All right. Last question here from Eucalyptus Richard on Twitter. If you have Garrett Wilson and Drake London and you want to tear up at wide receiver because you want to win right now, which wide receiver would you trade for and what would the deal look like? So I took this question as if I had those two players, it feels like almost a lost season, like where you're going to get a lot of targets. Garrett Wilson's going to average like 12 targets a game, but it doesn't feel like you're getting over the hump. So would you trade Garrett Wilson for another player that's in a similar tier, but is a little bit older? Like that's that's the the dance that you're doing right now. So like, would yeah, you trade I, Garrett Wilson for Tyreek? Oh yeah, for sure. I would for in sure. Yeah. What yeah, about in Garrett dynasty? I would, I would, if I could trade Garrett Wilson and receive Tyreek Hill, I would do that in a heartbeat. 
I think a lot of people, and I've seen this in our Discord, are afraid because they look at the younger player and they go, oh, I'm supposed to like the younger player more. But if you're in win now, you might be waiting forever. Like, we don't know if Garrett Wilson's ever going to have a quarterback. Or Drake, definitely Drake London. That dude will never get a quarterback if he's an Atlanta Falcon. So I think it's fine. Like, throw out the youth and ask yourself, can I win this year and win next year? That's how I took this question. Yeah, Does that make sense? yeah, I, 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 and I agree. I think the interesting name here, because to me, Tyreek Hill is a world beater. He is so unbelievably dominant. Uh, he should have this season and two more years left, I believe, on his contract, and he's talked about he's going to retire. I think he'll be great next year. I think he'll be great the year after that. And then I think he's going to walk away, and I'll take three years of greatness. He's not good. He's not being okay for fantasy. Like he is, he's breaking fantasy for a lot of fantasy managers. So, yeah, I would take that. But the name that I'm less confident in, there's a lot more tumult going on within the franchise. Obviously, he's still great. But would you trade away Garrett Wilson for Stephon Diggs? <laughs> I was about to bring him up as a Stephon Diggs manager. And if I'm in win now, then I'm just going to ride it out with Diggs. But I, I think I think I would. I think that makes sense when you think you add in the risk, the age. Also, if Diggs just doesn't if Diggs just said tomorrow I don't want to play football, I think we factored that in a little bit. Uh Betts, how do you feel? That one's scary. Mm-hmm. I think I, I can see the argument because Diggs has been awesome for ever since he got the Buffalo. He's been elite for fantasy. Um I think I still lean the Garrett Wilson side, even factoring in that. Diggs is probably the better win now piece, but uh, just if if that happens and next year Diggs is not part of Buffalo or just whatever is happening and Garrett Wilson ascends to be this just incredible asset in Dynasty, I, would, I wouldn't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would hold Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. For the record, I'm on the Garrett Wilson side there. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Dynasty Podcast next week. Just a little tease, a pro tease here. We have a very, very special episode, a Dynasty Film Festival episode, which I'm uh, pretty excited about it. Go to jointhefoot.com if you want to be a part of us, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out thefantasyfootballers.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.